Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Dr. Joel Hilton. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dr. Katie Stansfield. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> this is a callback to a previous episode. <laughs> we had to practice rehearsing Except our names I'm a before real we started. Doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not medical, but real doctor. <laughs> I worked hard for that title. <laughs> Yes, you did. We won't. Take but you that guys away can borrow you. it. I don't care. I'm like a I'm doctor. I'm pretty sure like, we can't actually just call ourselves doctors. That's well. I mean, Doctor Dre calls himself a doctor, oh, so well. I mean, I guess I could be a doctor. I also don't have his skills, so no. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. That that's, that's okay. what makes it funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's okay. A, he's a physician in music. <laughs> Just don't repeat any of this to any person. Okay. Be- so- Hopefully no one hears this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Well, I do hope you're hearing this because we, uh, we're we on episode 47. I looked, we have almost been doing this for a full year, which is amazing. Uh, hopefully you're sticking with us. I know you are because I can see our analytics. <laughs> but um, that said, share it with your friends. We would love to reach more people uh, with this. But I'm actually loving this format that we've been doing um, with questions uh, rather than just one singular topic per episode. We've been um, breaking it up with different questions. Um, and we would love to hear questions from you. If you have any, uh, whether they're light or heavy, um, send them our way. You can email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com or direct message us on on the Giving Light uh, Instagram. So, all right. Did you get your jokes out of the way? Do you have any more? Yep, I'm full out of them. All good to go? Okay. (laughs) Unless mom has some. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) My brain has never thought in... Joke well, form. I saw that you posted a video with your face and dad's face oh, on yeah. ketchup bottles. And yeah. like, somebody you, made that for me. <laughs> oh. That's how I had it. Yeah. It's, I was like, it's wow, that, that is kind of funny, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah somebody made it for Shit me. Help. They said, oh, you guys are such a cute couple. I made this for you, you know, and it's the peanut butter and jelly and salt yeah, and pepper. So and that humor did not originate from you. No. And it has a song, Just the Two of Us. It's an old song. And well, yeah. it was for your 46th? 46th wedding anniversary. Yeah. It's getting better with age. We're actually older than our kids. I hope so. <laughs> or we've been married longer than our kids. Yeah. Are old. Yeah. We are married longer than our kids are old. Yeah. You're young. Your kids are younger than... 46. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. That's a joke. Didn't you get it? That was not a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was because most people have been married longer than, than how okay. old their kids are. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of that. I was like, well, isn't that true for everybody? Yeah, <laughs> yeah most people, yeah. It was oh. so, such a good joke. It went right over our head. Yeah, it, see? It was a deep cut. It yeah. was... Okay. All right. Let's, let's get rolling. Let's get started here. I feel like we're I'm joked a hole. out. <laughs> All right. Well, our first question today uh, is, is everybody awesome? Is everybody called to do great things? So it's a, it's a double question. Um, so do you want to start, Joel? What do you think? Is everybody awesome? You want my personal opinion? or uh, I kind of uh, already know what you would say, but... Well, let's see if you know what I what would no, I say. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So my my thought on this question is: Is everybody awesome? Well, for me, I like to know what things mean. So 
when we're talking about being awesome, awesome you means up the definition I looked of up awesome. the definition All of right. awesome. <laughs> okay. So the definition of awesome is extremely impressive. Right. Well. Okay, and it means worthy of praise or um, admiration. All right. So the question is: Is everybody awesome? So the next thought that I had was, well, what is your measurement of awesomeness? <laughs> okay. So is it based on people's actions or behavior? So if that is the standard of measurement, then not very many people are awesome. <laughs> because if your standard of measurement is their behavior, most of the time we don't value or appreciate people's behaviors. Well, is your measurement of awesomeness based upon their agreement level? Do people's opinions coincide with yours? Well, again, that means very few people would fit into the category of awesome. <laughs> is it based upon someone's skill level? Uh, there's a YouTube channel that uh, is called People Are Awesome, and there's just these videos of people doing these crazy, amazing things. And so... A lot of times, this is the gauge that most people have for awesomeness, right? So people will overlook many flaws within people that have a great skill. Think of an actor. Mm -hmm. Think of... Um, sports figure. Sports figure, right? You know, they will praise him as they're scoring touchdown, touchdowns, but maybe they're not the most awesomest yeah. character person, yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. Now, the question is, do I think everyone is awesome? All right? <laughs> and the, my answer to that is no. Okay? That's the answer I thought you yeah. were going to give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I think everyone is awesome? No. And your answer is probably yes. <laughs> but <laughs> mine is no. But can I move beyond my limited perspective and see someone's value based upon how their creator sees them? Yes. At least I try to. <laughs> or that is my goal, right? So is everybody called... So the next part of this question, is everybody called to do great things? And I'll keep this one pretty simple, but everyone is, I believe at least, everyone is called to do something, Everyone has a divine purpose, and when you do those things, it's great. And so a lot of times, you know, people are like, like we look at David or we look at Moses, and those are great, amazing things and spectacular things. But I was thinking about Moses, all the great, amazing things that God used him to do, lead the people out of Egypt. But it took great faith for his mother to put him in a basket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And send them out into the river yeah, <laughs> where crocodiles were, you know, or alligators. I would think it'd be crocodiles, but that was, that was a great thing. She obeyed God yeah. and, and, and stepped out and did that. So I, I think our, our measurement of greatness can differ from person to person, but I view greatness as hearing God's voice, being obedient to it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fulfilling the call that God has on your life. And it might not always look pretty, but if you're willing and obedient, yes, you're going to do great things. Yeah. That was a long answer for... <laughs> yeah, because some of the things uh, I viewed from a very different perspective. No. Uh, which you kind of... <laughs> 
brought it around to agreeing with me. And, because uh, <laughs> you believe everyone is awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I, my perspective is if God created you, and that's every human being, and he did create us, then we are awesome. And it might not be from my perspective, but it is from God's perspective. Because it says in Ephesians 2, it says, for we're his workmanship. God doesn't do anything that is not awesome. So if he created that human being, there is the potential in that person, not just for who they are intrinsically, but to the potential that they carry of what they can do. And so that's pretty awesome. Uh, but you're you're referring to inherent value. Inherent value, yeah. Right. And potential. Because if a person, because we're all a work in progress, because uh, you can look at, you're amazed when you have a one-year-old, you know, begin to take the first couple steps. That's like really awesome. You know, that is like amazing. You're just overwhelmed because they made that step. Well, uh, you you look at uh, Aiden, who's 14 years old, you don't go, wow, that was a great step, Aiden. <laughs> yeah. You're walking so good because he's growing and he's maturing. And But you still stand in awe when they give their best and they serve God and they bring their best to the table. It's really awesome for that season in their life. And since we're all a work in progress, uh, maybe doing what I did 10 years ago would not be as awesome today as it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But that's where I was at. And that was the place of my strength. And so I think through the eyes of heaven, us just advancing and maturing and growing line upon line, here a little, there a little, uh, just with everything inside of us wanting to honor God and to release who he's called us to be in purity. That's pretty awesome. So Not what, everybody what doing, does that. What you're doing, though, is you're separating the person from behavior, though. Because well, someone, like, someone could do evil things, but do they still have an er inherent value from their creator? Yes. Yeah, so correct. you're actually able to separate behavior. Yeah from who they are. Yes. And that individual, they are not doing awesome things. So in the realm of well, what awesome they... awesome means extremely impressive, worthy of praise. Yes. And so they're doing things that are not worthy of praise. So mm -hmm. in their actions, they are not awesome. They are not great because they've made that decision in that. But so to as view, you said... to view someone as all people as awesome, you have to see their inherent worth. Yeah, and through the eyes of heaven. So mm -hmm. God does not, uh, uh, just look, you think of David, you know, he was off and he was, he, when Samuel came, they didn't even think about bringing David over. And they, yeah. and what did Samuel say? You, you don't see as God sees. Mm -hmm. So they didn't see him as awesome. They didn't see him as one that God would anoint to be king. And people thought he was pretty amazing, and he he killed a man because he wanted his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was confronting an enemy to Israel, you know. But I. What I'm, do you mean? No, no, he, no. No, what I'm saying Bathsheba is Bathsheba and Uriah. Oh, yeah. okay. You're in that. Not so he did. He, <laughs> yeah, that part of his history. <laughs> that part of his history. Yes, that was not an awesome well, thing. Well, I'm thinking, you know, Saul, before he, before his conversion, he was 
awesome in the, the eyes of his circle. He was killing Christians, radical leader, mm-hmm. thinking he was doing it for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was still awesome, but his he was in the awesome in the wrong direction. Yeah. So when he was converted, that same that same tenacity, that same mm-hmm. boldness, that same leadership, that same um, you know, charge that was inside of him before mm-hmm. was still inside of mm-hmm. him. He just redirected it towards. And I love a the scripture cause. that says, "He who uh, is forgiven much loveth much." Yeah, and it kind of goes along with what you just said because ultimately God sees through all the stuff to see who He created us to be. And I do know the the cemeteries are filled with people who never ever touched yeah. their potential or, or or their awesomeness. They didn't touch that, and maybe they did some horrible things, and maybe they were just trying to survive in life, um, but innately, God created them to be awesome. But whether or not they do great things is really based upon um, their the knowledge of what they carry mm-hmm. and, number two, really knowing who they are in Christ. I, I think mean, that, we're all a work in progress. That is the direction I kind of take with this question is that I believe that God has put awesomeness, greatness inside of each person. But I think our perspective of what that is supposed to look like, of what greatness is supposed to look like is often um, put on this scale Mm. of, well, I, you know, I, who am I? What do I have to give? You know, I'm just a housewife. I'm just a a stay at home mom or dad, or I'm just a cashier or, you know, I'm just a whatever. And that, that is taking the, God has actually put inside of every person what they need to fulfill exactly. their purpose. Yes. So, but your purpose might be to be a great plumber. Yes. Your purpose might be to be a great mom. Um, and so sometimes we look and say, well, I'm not doing enough. And then you go, you kind of, like you were saying, like you might go to your grave thinking, well, I didn't accomplish much, but it's not because you didn't have this big platform. It's because you didn't recognize the mm-hmm. actual gifts and mm-hmm. callings and purpose that were inside of you to do your day-to-day life just with what you were doing. Even if you're a cashier, be a great cashier, be a great human being. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that that is inside every person. And so do I think that every person has innate value? Yes. Um, do I think that every person is called to great things? Yes. But what is that, you know, listen, if I have yes. a clogged toilet, I don't need an actress. <laughs> I need a good plumber. Yeah. Like, And I think sometimes we just put people on these scales mm-hmm. of, um, whether they are known or famous or you know have big reputations, when that isn't really what greatness is. Greatness is, well, according to Jesus, it's being a servant to all. And, and one of the perspectives or this, the viewpoints that I'm coming from is I can think someone is not awesome, but still honor them. Remember how I sure. said earlier in another podcast where I said honor is like an inside job. It, it flows mm. from who I am. So I could think someone's not awesome or but I could still see value in them. I can still show them honor. A lot of times we could think someone's not awesome, so it gives us a right to mistreat them mm-hmm. or abuse them mm-hmm. or bring injustice. I'm just saying I can think someone's not awesome but still show them value or honor because of what's inside of me. Um, the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. Um, 
Does that make sense? Like, sure, sure. And uh, I think it would not, be fake if I went around and be like, everyone is so awesome. <laughs> There's a um, song. I it's, think, yeah, isn't that like Legos? Lego Every, well, everything <laughs> is, is awesome. awesome. Yeah, we would change it to everyone is awesome. <laughs> well, I think in so many ways, if we can look at an individual's potential and seeing what they're doing with that. And as long as they're moving forward, that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But uh, if they're rejecting their giftings and callings and, uh, you know, I think about my life, I, I didn't give my life to the Lord till I was 21 years old. And I was... I, I was working for the FBI. I was climbing the ladder. I was doing pretty amazing things for a kid. I was 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. I look back and go, man, you had guts, girl. And uh, but So that was kind of awesome in a sense, but it really wasn't awesome in the eyes of God, except for his amazing mercy for me, knowing you know, the beginning and the end, knowing uh, the choices I would make and him constantly working on me. But, you know, I did quote unquote, awesome things, but not for the right reason. I was so ego driven. I was doing everything I could to try to cover the shame I felt by achieving these amazing things. So it really wasn't all that amazing or all that awesome. But when I gave my life to the Lord and uh, just some of the littlest, simplest things that were in response uh, to the heart of God and to truth, it might not have looked big in the eyes of others, but I think it was pretty awesome in the eyes of God yeah. because I was forgiven much and I just started loving much. I went from hating everybody to just loving everybody because uh, I compared myself with them and I said, oh my goodness, I was much, 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 much worse than them. They, they are just doing amazing. And so I had such a love for people that even in their battles, I could relate and connect. In their woundedness, even as I grew in ministry and began to really serve God very aggressively in ministry, it's like I can look at a person and see where they're at because hurts, wounds, battles, struggles, whatever— and just see him making simple little baby steps, as it were, mm -hmm. just that is awesome. Yeah. You know, and and not just awesome to God, but that feels awesome to me. Because if you're going in the right direction, it's gonna get better and better and better and better. They're gonna advance, they're gonna increase. And so I think in so many ways, we gotta keep the comparison out of it, even when we're viewing people. But you can look at someone doing amazingly great things, but they're building something that is not the kingdom, then that's really not all that awesome, even though it might look awesome. They might have agendas and motives. And and that you know. goes back to what I started out with. Well, what is our measurement of awesomeness? Right, right. And, and, you know, what is the condition of the heart? What is the motives of the heart? Mm -hmm. There's And a lot of those things we can't even determine. Yeah, you know, because I can look at somebody and I don't know the motives of their heart. Mm -hmm. So you just gotta kind of roll with it. <laughs> so the so the answer to this question is everyone awesome, according to mom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> according to me, no. According to Katie, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're awesome. I just think maybe you look things up in the Oxford Dictionary and I use the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> And I use <laughs> Melody's intuition. 
Well, that is your voice. You know, like this is really the same question it, uh, that was, can we value all of humanity? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe, nah, probably not. <laughs> I just think with this question, just to end it, but um, like, I think if somebody doesn't believe that there's greatness inside of them, they'll never reach for it. Yeah. So if you actually like can believe that there is potential inside of you, you'll actually keep moving towards it. Yeah. Um, and so to me, that question, does everybody call to great things? Are you called to be a celebrity? Probably not. But are you called to do something with your life that's good? Yes. So if you believe that, um, you will keep taking those steps of progress and you're, you will achieve greatness <laughs> to your own um, level of purpose and calling. And I'll give you a scripture to back that up, Katie. Awesome. It's so good. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Yeah. And I think that's the foundation of realizing that you are intrinsically awesome and that you have this amazing potential, not by our might, not by our power, but by the Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. And every time we yield to the Spirit of God, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, that's what you're you're saying that as for believers. Yes. Right. Correct. But the question was was everyone. Okay. okay. I gotcha. I mean, we could talk about I, I thought that this question would be a quick question, <laughs> but apparently not. It could so, end up being the whole hour podcast, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, no. I don't think I've ever said the word awesome so many times in such a short span of time. <laughs> pretty awesome, huh? That's super awesome. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. All right. The next question we are tackling today, do you believe there is a healthy balance between loving yourself and denying oneself? Now, I started last, I was the first one, so I don't think I should have to Oh, go you there. don't want to start this no, time? No, no. All right, am I starting? <laughs> okay. Um, so again, do you believe there is a healthy balance between loving yourself and denying yourself? I... Um, I know balance is a big word for you, Joel. I don't always think that is the best word for some things. I don't know that um, this is a topic of healthy balance because I think that if you truly, if we're going deep into the, the language of the kingdom, if you truly um, love yourself, then you'll do the thing that's best for you. If you truly love someone else, you'll do the thing that's best for them, which often means denying your own um, selfish desires and doing what is what is the the act of love. Um, Maybe so, a better question would be: Can you love yourself and deny yourself at the same time? So it wouldn't be necessarily a healthy balance. It would just be more: Are are those okay. two ideas conflicting? Oh, I don't think In my so. opinion, absolutely not. No. Because the more we're able to love and value ourselves, the greater health we have to be able to love and value others. So we'll deny ourselves. Because a lot of times, if we deny ourselves to get something, if I sacrifice something to get something, or if I do something so I gain the accolades of man. So it's it's the motives behind my denying. So yeah. if I truly love God and love myself, I will love others and deny myself. I'll sacrifice 
myself. I will, <clears throat> I will, as Jesus, you know, will suffer, you know, mm -hmm. go into that place of it costing me something be to value another person. So I think denying is a beautiful response to loving ourselves. But if we deny ourselves to try to get love, then now it's all convoluted. Yeah. It's not healthy on either way. Right. I mean, we all have different needs and it's just a matter of what we're using to try to fill those needs. So um, my body has a need for calories, for food, and I could fill that need with junk food, but that is, and that's going to make me feel instantly good. But in the long run, it's not the good thing for me. So if I try to fill that need, like you were saying, if I if I have a need for love and I try to do things for you in order to earn that love, then I'm not filling the need in a healthy way. So I'm, I think a lot of times, you know, denying yourself is doing the thing that doesn't feel good because it's good for you. So it's a it's that choice. I think I, I used to get real fired up about this. There used to be like stickers and everything just said, do what makes you happy. And I was like, do you know what would happen if I did what made me happy? I would be dead. <laughs> so that's the worst piece of advice. But if I did what makes me healthy, <laughs> then I'm actually going to be doing the harder thing, the thing that might not bring me instant happiness, but it's the thing that's that's the most loving for me in that moment. Yeah, I was watching this YouTube video and uh, this, I guess it was a scientist that studies happiness. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what stu or what field that is, but uh, he was talking about they found that people that pursue happiness as their target mm -hmm. actually end up in depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you, if you want to be happy, you have to not, it can't be your target. Right. It has to come through other means, but. And usually those means are giving of yourself. They're that mm, self-denying yeah. rather than um, filling yourself with the cheap happiness, the cheap idea of happiness. Yeah. I think some of the aspects of that, however, is we can do things. Now, I'm not, not from the heart of loving ourselves or really loving others, but it's almost easier to work than it is to love. So if love has its complexities, right? Yeah. So to love myself, that's kind of a, a complex thing because I got to live with myself and I know I'm not always perfect. So, and I don't always accomplish what I want to accomplish. So even loving yourself, you almost have to do it through the eyes of God because to love yourself with all your faults, flaws and errors yeah. That, that's kind of complex. And then, you know, I look at somebody else and I might see the imperfections and to really develop trust and connection and relationship and all those things, that's really complex. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we can work through that, oh my gosh, there's so much value attached to that. It's so beautiful, but it's so much easier for me to work for someone or invest into someone or do a task for someone because there's not a lot of complexity to that. Well, I think there's an element of control. It's in my control. If I can work for it, if I can earn it, then it's in my power. But actual love is very vulnerable. You're you're the, you're you letting go it. a lot of that control exactly. and just you know giving and receiving love. And see, giving my heart to you, Katie, is much deeper than me coming over and do your dishes. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot scarier. It's a lot riskier. It's a, exactly. So that's why a lot of times we find ourselves doing 
rather than being. You know, yeah. we find ourselves uh, so focused on denying ourselves for the work's sake, mm-hmm. but it's not really because we are doing it out of loving what we're bringing to the yeah, table I mean, or you loving ourselves. Into the the Jews in the New Testament, that was the constant message being preached to them: mm-hmm. is it's not about your works, it's not about your works, it's not about your works. Mm-hmm. Now, you know there are other the other side of that is that we're known by our love, by our works, to do good works. But they were constantly saying, "You don't have to earn this. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn it. Um, just receive the love that God has and the grace that God has given to you." And that's where I think, you know, we talk a lot about uh, religious traditions of men and rules and laws, and there's nothing wrong with rules and laws, and mm-hmm. there's some good traditions, right? We can do that, but if if we're focused on that, we're just echoing or repeating or looking what somebody else does and doing what we see, but it is not driven by our love for God, our love for self, or our love for others. So it's easy just to do a law yeah. than it is, or do rules or do processes, than it is to deny ourselves in a way that generates love and mm-hmm. trust and relationships and heart connections and life exchange, right? Yeah. So if we're going to have quote-unquote, a healthy balance for loving yourself versus denying yourself, I think it has to go back to is what is our perception of these two ideas based on biblical truth? Mm. So if your view of loving yourself means that the world revolves around you, well, that's a problem. Or that self-expression supersedes surrender. Mm -hmm. Good point. That, that that's a problem. You just know how to go deep, don't you? <laughs> go ahead, finish. It's good. <laughs> I love when you talk. Go ahead. <laughs> don't you love when your mother uh, loves when you talk? It's going to kind of strange a little bit now. Uh, She's validating you. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, where I was. <laughs> So does loving yourself mean the world revolves around you? Or the opposite would be, does denying oneself mean self-hatred? Does it mean condemnation? Mm. Does it mean penance? Yeah. Well, that's wrong too. Yeah. So it's impossible to attain a quote-unquote healthy balance if your foundation is not on level ground. Mm -hmm. So how do we get it to level ground? These These two ideas have to be based on biblical yeah. Truth. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have a healthy balance, let me put it this way. If you, if your healthy balance hinders your obedience to the voice of God, well, then it's, there's a problem. It's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be healthy, right? Yeah. So I don't necessarily try to live in balance. I try to live from a place of obedience. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you know, a lot of times when you hear people talk, you know, in, in the Christian circles, it's like God first, family, yeah. ministry, oh, and yeah. it's like this hierarchy yeah. of like value. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't look at it in that way. I see, yes, God or Jesus is the center yes. of yeah. my universe. Yes, and all the things that pertain to my life revolve around yes. the Son, right? 
And so there are times where family's going to be in the forefront. There are times where ministry is going to be at the forefront. There are times where a level of sacrifice and surrender is going to be at the forefront. Mm -hmm. There are going to be times where God takes me on a journey of getting more emotional health and liberty in my in my thought life and it's more uh quote unquote loving yourself. So I don't think that there should be a hierarchy of value. I think it needs to be that Jesus is the center and then all yeah. the things that pertain to my life revolve around that. And as I hear his voice and obey his voice, some of those things are going to be pulled to the front mm -hmm. and in in that season maybe uh, family goes back and ministry's front, but God knows that family is important and in investing into your family. So He's going to have times where the family's in the fort. Like it, it's not as linear as a lot of people make it. That is so good. It, it's more circular in the sense of everything in my life revolves around yeah. hearing God's voice and obeying His voice. So there are times where uh, God is has me on a journey of strengthening my spirit man or 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 dealing with my soul or even your body, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there are times where uh, even in my life where God says you need to get your body in order. So, mm -hmm. You know, was I always obedient? Sometimes those take a little bit longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's so important. And and like I said, that that hierarchy of value, in my opinion, it's more everything that pertains to my life has to revolve around hearing his voice and obeying it. Yeah, I agree 150 million percent. <laughs> Another way that you can look at it too is like, have you ever like um, stood on a balancing board or whatever? Like and, a seesaw? Yeah, well, or like you're you're just trying to walk a tightrope, okay, like right? a balance beam. <laughs> yeah, a balance beam. And so sometimes for you to make yourself balance, you have to really lean to one side. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that you have to really lean in one way to balance yourself out. So there are going to be seasons in your life where God says, I need you to lean into this. And on the outside, it looks like you're out of balance, but you're actually in balance because you're leaning into something to bring balance to your life. Yeah, And so that that's another way to to describe what I was trying to explain about things have to revolve around his leading and his guiding. And sometimes it may seem out of balance, but it's actually bringing you back into balance. Yeah. I think you just found your sermon for Sunday. Is it? <laughs> Honestly, that's <laughs> really good. That is so powerful because so often, you know, uh, God's above man, man's above the woman, the woman's above the kids, the mm. kids are above the dog, you know, and you go all the way down through and it's like, God does not value one greater than the other. He he doesn't say this is this hierarchy, like you said. No, Jesus is the center. Mm -hmm. Everything revolves around him. And I remember uh, it was a month or so ago, you were preaching and, uh, or no, it was Stephen. He was preaching and he talked about uh, laying down tile, that you have to find that that line, that that. Yeah that center line, line yeah. and it's you start at the center and then you put the tile out mm -hmm. because if you start out and try to work in it it's going to be all yeah. messed up it's not going to be even they're not going to mm -hmm. be in line so Jesus is that center line and everything comes from that place mm -hmm. and 
I, I think we would have a lot less divisiveness. I think we'd have a lot, of le- a lot less people uh, fearful if we would just put Jesus first. Yeah. Because that is the plumb line for absolutely every decision I make, relationally, professionally, you know, do I sacrifice in this situation to do this? Holy Spirit, do you want me to do that? Or am I enabling someone? Yeah. So it's not just about denying ourselves mm-hmm. because, oh, that's a high, beautiful, wonderful thing. And it is being a servant of all. Yes, God wants us to be that. But is he asking us to do that in this situation? Yeah. Because ultimately he loves that person and he doesn't want us enabling them, doing for them something that only he can do for them. Yeah. And we trying really to good. fill in the gap. So I think there's a whole lot of dynamics we could get into, but you just brought it back to you know, the plumb line of Jesus being the center. And like I said, sometimes you're going to have to lean, like you might be in a season where you're leaning more into Mm self-denial, like sacrificing and surrender. And then there might be a season where God's really pouring into Mm -hmm. you and it's a season of growth and and freedom and liberty. I'm not saying that denying self doesn't bring liberty. I'm just saying that there might be times where it feels more in this realm than the other realm, but... Also, the plumb line is also his word. Yeah. Right. So, if you believe that loving yourself is means that the world revolves around you, well, then yeah. you're not going to have balance. You're actually going to trip and fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it has to go back to yes, it revolves around Jesus, and it has to be in line with his word. And that's really good. I've definitely had times in my life when um, I thought that in order to for me to be loving God, it it meant self-denial, like total self-denial. Mm-hmm. It had to yeah. cost me. It had to be painful. It had you to be <laughs> like just so sacrificial. Uh, and then I had to learn that actually Jesus, uh, if I stay with Jesus, he is the source of joy. The fruit of the spirit is joy. So the fruit of being with him is actually joy. Mm-hmm. Being in his presence actually brings me pleasure. Um, so I, I had to recognize that the other side of that, or I, I don't want to say the other side. Um, another way of looking at it mm. um, is that he is actually, Jesus is a source of joy. He's a source of pleasure. He is, um, he, I, it's like the, the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry. Like, I feel like Jesus could have worn that t-shirt. Like he was all about eating, drinking, and being merry. If you look, if you actually look at his life on the earth, he loved to celebrate and um, to feast and to, um, to party. Uh, and so just like you were saying, you have to stay connected to him, to his word, keeping him the central focus. Because anytime I try to, to um, achieve uh, greatness in my own doing, then I've lost it. Whether that is through self-sacrifice or whether that is through um, the pleasures of this world, um, either way, if I'm not keeping him at the central core motivation of everything that I'm doing, um, I'm going to get off balance in an unhealthy way. Yeah, the question was kind of like separating the two of loving yourself and denying oneself. But I think we answered the question that encompasses everything in life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is Jesus is the thing that we focus on and then everything that pertains to our life. Well, seek first the kingdom, right? And all these things will be added unto us. It's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's the word for this episode. (laughs) 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 Took you a second to catch up there. (laughs) 
Did you have any other thoughts? Or should we move to the next question? Yeah, we can. We can. <laughs> All right. Do you want to say it or should I? The next question? Yep. So mom will start this one out because I... Yeah. Well, we We're took turns, turns, you know? Yeah. You know, we believe okay. in fairness. Right. So I'll read the question and you can answer first. Okay. All right. Um, this is a... I think this is an easy one. Uh, share a moment when your life was no, forever that's not changed the next one. by God. Mm, that was no. not the next one. The next oh, one... Oh, I did. I missed one. I'm sorry. All right. So this one is... When is it okay to move on from a relationship? Really simple question. <laughs> not as not, easy. Not complicated at all. <laughs> when is it okay to move on from a relationship? Oh I forgot about this one. Well, Maybe you wanted to forget about <laughs> this one. We have to recognize before anyone would want to move on from a relationship. And everyone is awesome. Because everyone is yeah. awesome. <laughs> Why would you move on from a relationship if everyone is awesome? Uh, uh, let me get to my question. You're joking and you're teasing, and I'm not oh, in that it, joking I'm mood. I'm very serious. Yeah. So you would never want to do that if there wasn't some division, some gap in connection or relationship. There, there has to be this chasm uh, for you to want to or even think about moving on from that uh, relationship. So I think the first thing, uh, you have to do due diligence because people are valuable. You just don't drop people like hot potatoes. Mm -hmm. uh, if you built a relationship, there was value that caused you to be connected in the first place. Uh we're so much better in relationships than we are separate from relationships. So why would we walk away? There has to be something that would be detrimental to us, correct? Mm -hmm. Or detrimental to the advancement of the kingdom or whatever spiritual thing I mean, you want to put on. sometimes those are small things, you know. Yeah. And so there are gaps, basically, yeah. that can come in relationships. So I think the first thing we have to do in that relationship and say, Katie, you you and I have a little chasm here. We got a gap. This is important to me. It's not important to you. So this is something we have differences of opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, you are in this political party. I'm in another political party. You know, we have 50 million gaps in our world today. You yeah. know, you, uh, you, you believe this spiritually and I believe something, I view it in a different way. So now we can't even worship together anymore. Yeah. You know, we have to talk about those gaps, mm -hmm. but the only way we're going to be able to work through those gaps is to find a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. So why would we remain in relationship if there are so many areas where we think differently, we function differently, we believe differently, we maybe had offense, our feelings have been hurt, whatever it is, we have to come together and say, is there a higher purpose? What can we agree upon? Because if we can't find something to agree upon, we'll never work on all the things we disagree on. But if we could say, listen, our relationship is just too valuable. Mm -hmm. And what we can accomplish together is just too valuable. What about we can serve a higher cause if we can work through this? Or we could have a healthier relationship if we just work through this. In marriage, my goodness, uh, I remember for Stephen and me, 
we had married 46 years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, 46 years. And there were moments where there were great gaps between us. Mm-hmm. But we came together and we said, we made two commitments. The kingdom of God was going to be first. And so what we're facing, the kingdom of God is greater than this. We have to seek first the kingdom. We have to put the kingdom above this. Uh, Otherwise, this will destroy our relationship. And secondly, divorce was not an option. So do we have a goal and objective to reject divorce enough that we will work through these gaps? Mm -hmm. And for us, those two things were the higher purpose uh, to work through. And so like every anniversary, I look and say, Wow, another year down, and it's better than it ever was. I'm more in love than I ever was. We do not have the gaps we used to have Mm because there's no way you can go into a relationship uh, and not find gaps because no two people are the same. So you have to find that purpose. And then you have to look at it and say, if we work through this to obtain this purpose, what will take place? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we'll have greater partnership. We're going to have greater joy. And you just come up with all the reasons why reconciling this gap will benefit us both. So that's the healthy process. So when do we have to move on from a relationship? Mm-hmm. It's when one person will not work through. And I don't want it to be me. So for me, that other they person, have to walk away from you. Is what you're. They're going to have to walk away from me, and they're going to say, "I don't. I'm not going after a higher purpose. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, if someone makes that decision, then they made that choice. It's just like with Jesus. We made a choice to receive Jesus, and if we choose to reject Him, reject the kingdom, and walk away, He will not stop us. Mm-hmm. He'll never initiate it. But if we initiate it, he won't take away our power of choice. So uh, I'm not going to walk away. But if a person will not reconcile, then I have to recognize I'm powerless to change it. Mm -hmm. And so I have to just move on. I think in this question, you also have to define what type of relationship it is. Exactly. Right? You're someone who loves deeply, so every relationship's a covenant <laughs> relationship. But it says in Amos, how can two walk together well, that, that's unless what I they was, be agreed? Yeah. So and, there has to be some form of agreement, even if it's just on purpose in the midst of all the other things we disagree but, on. Like, and that's why in a, in, a, in a season of time, you can be in agreement, mm-hmm. yeah. and then through time and things changing, they they start to separate because maybe the target or the agreement has changed. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think of like... Depending what type of relationship it is. Yeah, like I had a... really close friends when I was in high school and you had, we're going to live together, man. We're going to, you know, we're going to have, you're going to have a house and I'm going to be your neighbor. And now it's nothing like that. Like Layla has a friend that's moving away to another state. You know, they're talking about how they're going to live together and move in together. And if that happens, awesome, but things change and that's okay. Life Mm -hmm. throws curveballs, and sometimes it's just a natural thing for relationships to deviate. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. It just It's just changed. each person has their own unique calling and purpose and giftings, and they're going to pursue that. 
Yeah, and I mean, if you're in relationship with someone that is tied to your calling, I think you need to do everything within your power to make that work. Yeah, or um, a covenantal relationship. Well, which covenantal we about. or and tied to with calling and purpose, you need to do everything in your power. Like you said, I'm not going to be the one that walks away. Mm-hmm. You're gonna tr- you're gonna stick it out, and you're gonna work through to understanding. But then there's other relationships where. If they stop, it's fine. Or if they deviate, it's fine. That's right. Yeah. So I guess it depends on the type of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think if we're talking about marriage, then this is one conversation. (laughs) If this is talking about my mechanic, then it's a different conversation. Like I'm one like with my haircut. Every two years, I'm always looking. Is there someone out there that can... Like I just like change in that arena. Yeah. I think that's the main point in this question is that change is real. Change And some people will never change their hairdresser. That's true. To the day that they... And then that person dies and they just never get a haircut again. It's just like really, really serious. And they're like, oh my word, how can you change your... That, That is a deep, meaningful relationship. But I think it matters what kind of relationship we're talking about. I exactly. do think it's pretty natural for relationships to change, um, for people to move on for good reasons and for bad reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, what I've learned is through like, okay, to get personal and (laughs) real, but I grew up uh, with a lot of core people in my life just left really quickly. I did not have an explanation. They were suddenly not in my life. Lots of different relationships. Um, So I kind of, that was like a big thing for me is this um, abandonment issue that people just leave and I don't have a reason. So I kind of carried that into my adult life when Mm -hmm. relationships would change and I would take that as an abandonment. So I kind of had to work through that not every time a relationship changes does that mean that I'm being abandoned. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to kind of learn when our relationships change, I had to learn how to move through that process, which I do think if it is any kind of close relationship, at all that um, moving through the grief process of celebrating what was acknowledging what is and then being able to move on for what it will be that's really important for me that's helped me to maintain friendships um, when they went from close proximity to long distance Um, that that's been a really key factor for me is to actually grieve and I'm not talking about this long drawn out process of grief but just just really celebrating, acknowledging, and allowing me to move on into a relationship in the future with them, but in a different capacity where it has changed, it does look different. Yeah. Um, so that's been really helpful to me. I also think it is worth noting that if a person is actually hurting you, um, mm-hmm. like if there is any kind of abuse, I mm-hmm. think that is a time where you can say it is okay to move on from this relationship. Most that definitely. doesn't mean that you don't try to work through But to me, to answer the question straight on, when is it okay to move on from a relationship is when there is an element of abuse there. Um, And then that's where you want to pull other people in, get help for that Mm. so that um, you can move on in a healthy way with that. Um, I'm going to answer this question probably from a different perspective. Probably. And and that's why why we have this podcast because uh, each of us have a different perspective on things. But... One of the aspects that I want to point out is you have to be willing to move on from a relationship that has clearly moved on from you. Yeah. Oh, very good. Now, I'm in this case for me, it's that pastoral role, right? Mm-hmm. Where I've had relationship 
ships where people have just stopped responding to me, whether it was through texts or voice messages. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to realize, obviously, something has changed. I've reached out and I've tried to communicate, but obviously, this has changed. And, and there were in times past where that was a hard transition for me to make because, you know, I, I, I've held on to the relationship longer when it clearly was not there anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important key. Some relationships, like like we were saying in Amos, like they deviated. So mm -hmm. at some point you're going to have to say, you know, we're going in different directions. Mm -hmm. I have to be okay with that. And in some of those cases uh, where I've reached out, what do they call it? Ghosting? They ghosted me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have understanding why. Yeah. I didn't know why they chose to move on. I didn't know why they felt like the relationship needed to end. But I had to get to the point of like, this is has clearly happened. Either I'm going to live in the past and try to live in the past, which isn't possible, mm -hmm. or I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to have to be okay with this relationship ending. Um, in some cases, in a pastoral role, it wasn't a physical separation, but it was emotional. Mm. You know, there were people that I poured into as a mentor or as a father, and it got to the point where I could tell they didn't want me to do that anymore. They didn't want me to speak into certain things. And I had to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I had to be like, I didn't always necessarily understand why, but I realized it's only going to produce frustration, bitterness, awkwardness, if I try to make this happen when it's clearly changed. Mm -hmm. So how do I know when it's okay to move on from a relationship is I have to also be aware enough to know that it has clearly changed. Now, obviously, in some of those cases, there was resolve, and in other ones, they didn't. But I had to be okay emotionally mm -hmm. uh, to move on from those things, or I would have it would not been good for my soul. Yeah, let's exactly. just say. Yeah. Uh, the second point that I want to make with this question is when is it okay to move on from a relationship is you have um, a relationship in your life that is destructive. Right. Mm -hmm. And you kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, we obviously believe that a healthy relationship is an exchange of life. Right. And an unhealthy one is an exchange of pain in all forms. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you can recognize that you're in a relationship where it's destructive, then it is definitely okay yeah. to move on from that, get out of that situation. Mm -hmm. So those were the kind of two points. Obviously, this question is more new more nuanced than those two points, but I felt like those were the two things that I needed to highlight. Yeah. Based upon the illustration I used about the commitment Stephen and I made, mm -hmm. uh, uh, prior to that wedding day, I made it very clear, if you ever hit me, if you ever lay your hands on me, you're not only out of here, but you will pay. <laughs> now, of course, I was a very wounded young woman at the moment, but... That you were was, young and you were a brown belt in karate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so oh, I was working towards that. I wasn't quite okay. there yet. All right. But um, <laughs> but I remember saying that was a line I drew in the sand. Yeah. Uh, as, as much shame as I lived in, I valued myself enough to say I will not tolerate abuse. Mm -hmm. And 
I I didn't, and he never did, and so we're still <laughs> yeah. hanging in there. Right? Yeah, you're both alive. <laughs> you know, he, he knew right away, and I remember telling him uh, once I started growing in the Lord, listen to this one, I said, listen, if ever you think you're going to run around, you go ahead, because it's you going to hell, not me. <laughs> 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 like I would, like I would have had no problem. I mean, it would have been painful, but there were certain boundary lines yeah. that someone could not cross. Mm -hmm. And so, but I knew them before I got married. I made them clear. <laughs> well, this question goes back to a topic that we touched on in earlier episodes: where is it okay to seek counseling and stuff like that? Sometimes you're in the midst of a relationship and you just cannot discern yeah. what you should do. Yeah. And so that could be a pastoral impartation or that could be professional impartation of like saying, no, this is unhealthy and you need to draw these lines and either get out of it or make strong, healthy boundaries. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I hope that answered that. I, you know, I, I think, think there's a lot more I could say, but I think it would take us into different directions. So I will... I mean, we're already at 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think I won't open those doors, but... Are you sure? I mean, do you want me to? I just, I I can mention um, that I think rela relationships do change and it, it means, relationship always means you're going to have to be investing into it. So if you, if something changes and you stop investing into it, or maybe you don't navigate that change and the way that you're invest investing into it was for a previous season and now your investment needs to change. I think that is a way that you can kind of um, navigate in order to to move forward in a relationship, to keep a relationship going. I think when um, one party is no longer investing into the future of a relationship, mm -hmm. that is when it's going to change and when you're going to have to kind of decide, um, are we going to keep this relationship or is it best um, well, for one Well, that's a great question because if you're... Would the relationship die if you stop cultivating it? If, if if it was solely on your effort, yeah, that would be a good sign that maybe it's time to move on because it's really a one-sided relationship. Yeah, and I just there's so much nuance to relationships. I have um, really close, like long-distance friendships because we are very intentional about pouring into that. I have other friendships that we're we're not as intentional, but you know, once a year if we meet up, it's great. But mm -hmm. it, there's just different there's different types of relationship. Uh, it doesn't mean that it has to break, um, but it changes for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, ultimately for me, the goal is always to stay in relationship, but that relationship really could look like a lot of different things. Yeah, so the answer to this question is is dependent upon the type of relationship and also the the context of the relationship. And just realizing that people change. Yeah. Times change, seasons change, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to like I said before to seek help yeah. help you navigate those relationships. But that's, again, that's like, that's intentionality. You have to be be willing to invest into a relationship. Otherwise, it probably is going to drift apart. Yeah, and I, I think what I want to say is it's okay to move on from a relationship. Mm -hmm. You're not being a non-Christian. Well, I mean, like if we're talking on. about marriage, I don't think we can say that quite as loosely. Sure, sure. But, you know, yes. Well, I, I do think 
people will stay in relationships longer, even in abusive relationships longer yeah. because of what they deem to be. Right. The holy thing to do. Yeah, the, the holy thing, thing to, to do. do. Yeah. And it's really, they're putting themselves in a harmful situation. Yeah. Yeah, relationships should not be based upon fear. Yeah. Or subservience yeah. or dominance, either one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just not healthy. Yeah. But I think about uh, on the day you got married, Joel, I was very, very aware that our relationship changed. Yeah. I couldn't keep on being mommy to Joel. Uh, he was a man. He was leading his own family. And we still have relationship. And I was young. Yeah, she was So very it wasn't young. like, yeah. oh, he's getting married and he's 35. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I just turned 20. The day after you were 20. Yeah. So you letting go was a bigger thing than just, you know, an adult child, you know, letting them move on. And to allow that to change and not be involved was actually, that was love. And that Mm -hmm. was the depths of commitment I had to the relationship because what Mary wants, a meddling mom, you know, in there. I mean, it's just like, that is not a good mix. So if you really love, you have to recognize when things change for the good of others and be a support to that change. Yeah. So that's a very healthy, biblical way of communicating relationships change. Yeah. And for some people, their view of love would be the opposite. I need to be involved and being in control even when their son has definitely... I don't want to say moved on, but has different relationships that he needs to cultivate. And- yeah, it changes. Like I, I think for me as a single woman, I could be really, I could be friends with a single man, mm-hmm. and that if that man gets married, that relationship is going to change. That it's going to have to change in order for there to to it to remain healthy. So it's just life comes with change. Right. It comes with lots of dynamics. Um, yes. You want to maintain relationships, but in order to do that, you just got to navigate the winds of change that come with life. Yeah, I agree. When I earlier I was saying it's okay to move on from relationship, and you rightly said, you know, marriage is a little different, or even a deep covenant relationship is a little different. But I think it's okay for you to understand that a lot of relationships in our life are going to change and they're going to mm-hmm. adapt and they're going to separate or, or they, in some cases they become closer. Just recognize that it's more fluid than it is, you know, a linear thing where it's always going to remain on the same path. Yeah. I, adding from a pastoral view, you know, in all the years being in ministry, Things change a whole lot. And uh, I remember it almost feeling like uh, a real affront to us if someone left the church. Uh, And it it would just hurt so deeply. Uh, They changed, we changed. Who knows why it happened? When I was a kid, I was really bothered by people leaving the Mm -hmm. church. As I grew up, I realized some of those was was the best thing that could ever happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It it really was in yeah. so many ways. And but we changed our whole methodology. Now if someone feels they want to move on, hey, just communicate. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the fact is we'll you might not it. be here, yeah. but we're gonna we're still gonna have relationship. The relationship will change, yeah. but we don't have to have this wall between us. Yeah. 
We yeah, you celebrate. can still be awesome. Yeah, you can still be awesome, and we can still be awesome. Yeah. And it's true. That's so, what they call a callback. Yeah. Is it? I know. Mm-hmm. I okay. figured that's what you were doing. plowing right through it. <laughs> but, you know, you, you learn to roll with that. Well, and we all carry our own stuff into relationships. So, like I said earlier, I used to really have that abandonment thing in mm-hmm. me. So, when a relationship changed, I took that. So, for some people, it's rejection. For some people, it's um, like a, a sense of, like... Like I'm not good enough right. or you carry your own junk into a relationship. And so when a relationship changes, we often, that stuff comes to the surface and then it gets really messy and the relationship changes, but in a negative way. So just one owning what I'm bringing into this mm-hmm. relationship and what I'm bringing into this change or mm-hmm. this, as this change, as this relationship is shifting, um, that just has helped me like, okay, this is what I'm feeling, but this isn't necessarily what's happening. So I need to own up to that. I need to uh, like see this for what it is. And that's what's going to be able to let me move on with this relationship as it's changing rather than just that total separation. If yeah, I said that, that well enough. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I think we got a, gave a lot of food <laughs> for thought, yeah. which is awesome. Uh this podcast is in audio form, so you don't get to see our facial expressions. So I just want to let you know that every time I say a joke, <laughs> my mother rolls her eyes, <laughs> and I think it's a real thorn in her flesh. <laughs> but I know you guys love it, and it brings you joy, so I think I'll just keep on doing it. <laughs> Even though she, she's like, oh, that's my boy. <laughs> I don't think that at those moments. No. No. <laughs> it's just a natural reaction for your eyes to roll inside yeah. your head. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> She's to like, I joke. can't handle comedy. <laughs> I cannot handle funny. You're distracting We have to her. be world changing <laughs> people at all times. And that's why we love you. <laughs> and. But isn't it beautiful? Like I talked in the very beginning, we have a relationship and we have gaps in our relationship. I, it's hard for me to joke. You guys love to joke. We could come up with all kinds of little gaps, but the fact is we've got a higher purpose that those differences don't harm us. They actually complement Do you see how she turned that around? (laughs) Everything is serious. Everything has a purpose. (laughs) I thought that was good. It was good. It was good. There's not Tell a us wrong that joke here. again about how the husband was sitting in the car with his wife and then she oh, moved no, over. No, 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 let's she... not. Let's just. <laughs> and he, he said, leave. You're the one that moved, not me. Well, see, I think that's a joke. <laughs> you think uh, marital separation is no. a joke? <laughs> God. All right. Okay. All right. Let's shut this train down. <laughs> All right. And now if you don't make it to the end of this episode, you will not realize how much fun we have at the end. <laughs> All right. Bring us home, Katie. Well, we're going we're gonna to bring it in. Um, if you have a question you would like us to tackle in an episode of Life Exchange, please email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you your thoughts uh, and opinions on um, on an episode, uh, and it's always helpful when you share uh, with your audience as well. Help other people find our podcast. So, all right, we've we've silenced these two over here, and uh, we are gonna see you next time. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. 
We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.